Hello and welcome to Reading the Bible Cover to Cover in 365 Days. My name is Andrea Lendy, author of the book and Bible reader and studier for over a decade. And I'm excited to share some thoughts with you about today's reading. Welcome to day 153 of Reading the Bible Cover to Cover in 365 Days. Let us pray. Oh Lord, thank you for the wisdom in your word. Help us learn the nuggets of wisdom you have for us today. In Jesus' name, amen. Let's take a look at Luke chapter 20. We see Jesus' wealth of wisdom here. The Pharisees were out to trick him in this chapter. They even sent spies to him to try and catch him, saying something they could arrest him for. But instead of tricking him, he was able to answer all of their questions, and he gave them some riddles they could not solve. Jesus tells the parable of the man who rented out his vineyard. The people who rented the vineyard were greedy and wanted all the fruit for themselves. They had no respect for the owner and didn't want to share the crop with him. They became more violent over time and eventually killed the son of the owner to attempt to secure their own riches. The owner of the vineyard in this story is God. The people sent to collect from them were the prophets who tried to right their wrongs. And of course, the son is Jesus. The church is the vineyard. We as the church rent out space from the Lord. Any fruit we bear is because of him, and it is his. Everything on earth that is good is for God's glory. None of it belongs to us. Let us walk humbly in his name and do all we do unto him, for we are his, and everything is his. I love verse 38 where Jesus says, Now he is not the God of the dead, but of the living. For to him all men are alive, whether in the body or out of it. And they are alive, not dead unto him, in definite relationship to him. This gives us comfort when we think of those we have lost. We suffer the grief and sadness over their loss, but to God, they are alive and well with him. Lastly, Jesus warns his disciples about the scribes who desire honor and do not take care of God's people. In fact, they take more than they should from those they shouldn't under the pretense of prayer. Let us be diligent in determining who we are adhering to as we study God's word. May God lead each of us to him and his wisdom and truth. Let's see what vision John writes about in Revelation chapter 4. We are finished reading about the messages to the churches that we can construe our messages to us as well. Today, John hears a voice telling him to come look at the future. He is invited to see the future. Let us take note about what he saw, for it is our future as well. This chapter shows us the glory of God and how he is to be praised. John sees God, but not as a person like someone we would see. He saw God as a crystalline bright like a jasper. Jasper is transparent, allowing light to flow through it continually. He saw fiery red like sardius stone, the red signifying justice. And he saw a rainbow of emerald encircling the throne, signifying the promise and covenant God made long ago with Noah. God's power is shown through lightning and thunder going out from his throne. His Holy Spirit was shown through seven torches, which are the seven spirits of God. There was a glassy sea in front of the throne and four living creatures around him as well. According to verse six, they were full of eyes in front and behind with intelligence as to what is before and at the rear of them. Verse eight tells us they continually say, holy, holy, holy is the Lord God almighty, omnipotent, who was and who is and who is to come. There were 24 other thrones surrounding the throne of God as well. All seats were occupied with 24 elders of the heavenly Sanhedrin. When the four beings praised God, these 24 would fall down before God, throw their crowns before the throne and say, worthy are you, O Lord and God, to receive the glory and honor and dominion. For you created all things. By your will, they were brought into being and were created. This is how much honor and glory is given our God in heaven 
Every time I read this, I sense a greater honor and praise that I should offer up to the Lord as well. May we all offer God the praise and worship he is due. Let's see what's happening in 1 Kings chapter 19. Elijah's life is threatened by Jezebel, Ahab's wife. Elijah traveled 80 miles to Judah outside of Jezebel's territory. He went into the wilderness and asked God to take his life. He must have been tired, hungry, and was obviously emotionally distraught. He fell asleep and woke up with an angel's touch. There was food and water for him. He fell asleep again. He was awakened by the angel with more food and water. He wandered for another 40 days and came to a cave. God met him there and asked him what he was doing. Elijah told him that Israelites were horrible and that they sought to destroy his life. Then God showed him his power through a wind that broke the rocks, an earthquake, and a fire. He asked Elijah again what he was doing, and again Elijah told him his life was at risk. God gave him a plan. He was to anoint Haziel to be king over Syria. Haziel came from humble beginnings, which is just like God to anoint someone like this to be king. He was chief minister to the current king. Elijah was also to anoint Jehu to be king of Israel and appoint Elisha to take his place as a prophet. God told him there would be 7,000 people who had not yet bowed down to Baal still in Israel, and he would keep them for himself. Elijah found Elisha, who followed him. Chapter 20 is an action-packed chapter. King Ahab was threatened by the king of Syria, Ben-Hadad. Ben-Hadad sent a message to Ahab saying he wanted his silver, gold, women, and children. Ahab agreed because Ben-Hadad had warred against him and taken over Samaria. Then Ben-Hadad sent messengers to him, telling him he was going to send men to go through all that he had and take what they wanted. The elders told Ahab to say no to this request. Then a prophet went to Ahab and told him to fight against Benadad, and God would show him his power. He did this, but Benadad escaped. The same prophet told him that Benhadad would be back, so he needed to fortify his troops. God was with Ahab again in battle, and 100,000 Syrians were killed. However, Benhadad still survived. He sent messengers trying to offer a deal with Ahab. Because Ahab made a covenant with him, God sent a prophet to tell him his life would be taken. He didn't take Ben-Hadid's life as God intended. Well, let's see what wisdom we find in Proverbs chapter 3. Some of our favorite verses are in this chapter. Verses 5 and 6 say, Lean on, trust in, and be confident in the Lord with all your heart and mind, and do not rely on your own insight and understanding. In all your ways, know, recognize, and acknowledge him, and he will direct and make straight and plain your paths. Well, the more I read the word, the more I understand that I should never rely on my own understanding. Let us lean into the Lord and ask him to lead us and guide us. Solomon also advises us to honor God with our tithes, and then we will have plenty for ourselves. He also tells us to not despise God's chastening because God loves those whom he corrects. Learning from God is far better than any gold or money can ever provide. Lastly, Solomon says to not be envious of anyone, for it is disgusting to the Lord. Instead, be in communion with him. This is what he loved. God loves time with his people, and that means you and me. Now for our prayer. Oh, Lord, thank you for the wisdom in your word. We ask that you impart more wisdom into our hearts and minds. Help us operate in your wisdom, Lord. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you for walking this journey with me and being a faithful reader of God's word. I pray that he shows himself as the God who loves you deeply and cares about every detail in your life. Come back tomorrow for some more thoughts and insights as you read God's word.